0: and the story begins okay friends we're back in person this is amazing it's really been this is really special um our plan today is to discuss the next three blessings the blessing that has to do with sustenance the blessing that has to do with um redemption although we spoke about redemption earlier but this is talking about You'll see, we'll talk about that soon. And the blessing that has to do with asking God and praising God for justice. This is the bottom of page 48. Right, The blessing of Baruch Aleinu, bestow blessings upon us, Hashem lekeinu, Lord our God. Bless us for this year. We're asking God for sustenance. If a person wants to ask God for financial security, have that in mind when reciting this blessing. <clears throat> the background of this blessing dates back remember we said that the the men of great assembly together with the court Ezra's court when they compiled the amida they didn't author the amida they com- they didn't author the amida they compiled it they compiled the amida from existing blessings page 48 page eight. oh a little bit lower down there we go you got it it was a um a compilation of existing blessings and the midrash says that when Isaac discovered the wells that he was digging. Remember Isaac dug wells, that was his thing? He would he would dug he would discover the the beauty within the depths of dirt. He would discover fresh water. And he said, he recited this blessing, Baruch atah Hashem, blessed are you, Lord. who blesses us this year, who blesses the years. It's kind of a funny thing though to in the Amida, out of all places, to ask God for sustenance. Although that's important. It's important to recognize that our sustenance comes from God. It's still a funny thing. Because if we understand the Amida from a Kabbalistic paradigm, a more spiritual paradigm, the Amida is where we have the ultimate, for lack of English word, we have the ultimate betel. Amida is where we have the ultimate betel. It's when we bow down to God, we realize we're de- our needs are dependent on him. Why are we focusing on what we need? So t- I'll tell you a great story. There was a chassid of the Alter the author of the Tanya. His name was Reb Shmuel Munkas. Reb Shmuel <clears throat> was a character. And any story you hear about Reb Shmuel <laughs> is in character for him, out of character for everybody, right? Reb Shmuel went to, lived in a different town, and he wanted to visit the Alter for Rosh Hashanah. And he's there the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. What's the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah? Saturday night, Slichos. Right? Saturday night is Slichos. The prayer that we recite at midnight, Saturday night. And and he's staying at uh, somebody's house or at an inn or whatever it is. And there's a guy going around waking everybody up for Slichos. And he pounds on Rabbi Shemuel door. He's not getting up. There's a reason, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised this rabbi he's not getting up. It's a rabbi, yeah. right? Just Yeah, exactly. He's not waking up. <laughs> he starts pounding on his door and he says, what do you want? He says, tonight is slichos. Shmuel says, what's slichos? Come on. <laughs> you don't know what slichos is. He says, what's slichos? It's when we get up to ask God for forgiveness and we ask him for all of our needs. We ask him to bless our year. We ask him for we ask him for everything we want and need. He says, Since when do grown men wake up in the middle of the night asking for milk? <laughs> and the reason why he contrived this whole thing, he was trying to basically say that our relationship with God is more than just our relationships are give and take, but the relationship is more than just give and take. It's not just asking for things, it's deeper than that. And if we approach this true story, if we approach the Amida with this mindset, we gotta believe that this blessing is more than just God help me with my needs. It's more than that. <laughs> Again, the word bless us, barech or bracha. What else does the word bracha mean? To channel down. Right? We're asking God to channel down to us. Baruch Aleinu, channel down on us. Hashem Malikinu, God our Lord, et Hashanah Hazot this year. Bless us this year. God himself is not bound by time. If you look in the Torah, where it says, Shema Yisrael, hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. What does Rashi say under the words, the Lord is one? Rashi says past present future morph together he's not defined by time he's beyond time <clears throat> time is a creation that's very important time is a creation you know why that's really important because when we say I don't have time <laughs> how could that be <laughs> God created time and God commanded me to do whatever I needed to do how could how could his creation create um contradict his his desires and his values right Time is a creation. And the nature of time and space, by the way, those are the two limitations that define our world, that define what feels like it being independent from God, time and space. Right? God is there, we're here. Although that's not the reality, that's how we feel, right? Or God was. <laughs> is. The nature of time and space is what makes us feel separate from God. And what we're asking for in this blessing is God we want to experience you within the realms of time in our world in our paradigm within the realms of space take a look at the blessing again i'm going to read from the from the from the beginning of the blessing i'm going to translate from hebrew to english i don't even have the english here baruch aleinu bless upon us hashem lord our god et bless us this year, we want your blessings. We want your channeling. We want to experience you within the limitations, within the realms of time, within our normal existence. You know what the word shana also means? It means a year. But shana also means like La to to change. We go through, our life evolves and there's, you know, we have an element of ourselves that feels instable in some ways. We still want to channel you in whatever phase we find ourselves in. Right, a year has four seasons. Whatever the season is, we want to experience you. Bless all the produce. Give blessing, or in the winter, give dew and rain and blessing for blessing. On the earth, we want you to be part of this physical space. We want, to be, we want you to be part of this physical world. Uh, translated literally on the face of the earth, the face of the earth, right? What what are they right there on the surface of the earth? Uh, Face of the earth. Okay. On the face of the earth, right? We want God to be experienced in this physical world within the constraints of time and space. We don't want to leave. By the way, that's what, what the messianic era really is about is about experiencing God in our normal life. When God is normal, when God is not inspiring, <laughs> that's messianic. When God gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, it was abnormal. It was abnormal. All right? We couldn't even handle it. <laughs> Two weeks later, the inspiration died. We went back to normal. And we sinned with the golden calf. In order to experience <clears throat> the messianic era, which is God coming down to this world, God has to be normal. Not inspiring, just a part of life. This is just, just just, normal. This is what it's like. This is the new normal. Comfortable, right? Things that are comfortable, if they're normal to us, aren't that inspiring because just, it's just comfortable. It is what it is, right? We want God to be part of our comfortable reality. Which means if we have that, automatically we're going to have a great year. We're going to have a blessed year. If God is a comfortable part of our life, everything else clicks into place. It's like a paradigm shift. God is here. It's all good. Our problems are all solved because the source of the solution, not the solution, the source of the solution is here, God. Not only do I have sustenance, I have a relationship with the provider of sustenance. Not only do I have health, I have a relationship with the provider of health. Not only do I have peace and stability, I have the ultimate source of peace and stability. Right. So as soon as we connect to God in our normal realms and our, you know, not an out-of-body divine spiritual experience like we feel sometimes on Yom Kippur or whatever. Normal life. We're at the table together and we bless God and we thank God for the food. And we we speak his value. Right? We want God to be part of our normal reality. That's what this blessing is teaching us. That's the meditation of this blessing. Later on, if you recite this blessing. Think about how God can be channeled down, be channeled down to be part of a normal part of our reality, our physical reality. I'll tell you a great insight before we move on to the next blessing. You're going to love this. It's so simple and so empowering. The Hebrew word for exile is gole. which means exile, right? The Hebrew word for redemption Geulah. Those letters, those two words are spelled exactly the same with with the exception of one letter, the Aleph. Redemption has Geulah and Aleph. What does Aleph stand for? One. For one, right? For Echad, for God. The only difference between exile and redemption is the awareness of the oneness, the true oneness, God. It's not leaving a certain reality and leaving behind our personalities and leaving behind our existence. It's just revealing the one. It's just revealing God. It's channeling him into the limitations or into the constraints, as we know it, of time and space. Make sense? Any questions, comments, thoughts, reflections? Okay, let's move on to the next blessing. The next blessing, we ask God to blow that great shofar, sound the shofar. This is page 49. Takab a shofar gadol, sound the great shofar. Raise up a banner and gather the dispersed people, the exiled people. Right? Gather from all gather us from all four corners of the world. Us Jewish people, ever since the destruction really of the first temple, exile has started, the diaspora has started. We've started to have dispersed throughout the world. Imagine what it was like. When we left Egypt, we were pretty much all together, right? We got to Sinai, we were all together. 40 years later, we were all together. Till we finally got to Israel, we were together. We had this Beit HaMikdash, this beautiful temple for 410 years. For the most part, we were all together. It was a very spiritual time as well. But once that Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, the diaspora has begun. And until Mashiach comes... When, let me put it this way, when Mashiach comes, we're all going to be together. That's part of the Messianic era, is us coming together as Jewish people. And we start to live as if Mashiach is already here. We start to gather, right? But one of the indications that Mashiach has arrived, how are you going to know? You'll see it in the newspapers, you will. You'll see it on everybody's WhatsApp statuses, you will, trust me. But how are those people going to know? How are we going to know? Right. So we'll all be together. But what's going to bring us together is the shofar. We're going to hear the shofar blast. Today was Chinese. Today was Chinese food that brought us together. That's the we didn't get that shofar, but we got the second best. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what the Midrash says. The Midrash says so you have Isaac remember do you remember the story the binding of Isaac um thank God Isaac was spared and instead what was given as a sacrifice was the ram that happened to have conveniently been there right there was this ram with its thorn with its uh, horns stuck in the thorn and it was right there perfect let's offer this ram to God right and that's a very special ram because it filled very big shoes Isaac it represented that ultimate closeness to God through joy. Isaac represented joy. The word Yitzchak means laughter. The Midrash says there was two horns on these rams that were saved. That were saved. These two horns, shofars, two shofars on this ram that were saved. One was used at the giving of the Torah. If you look at the, when the Torah was given, in the Torah it says that there was a big shofar blast. There was a shofar blast at Mount Sinai. There was lightning, there was thunder, there was a whole with a shofar blast. That was one horn. Where's the other horn? It's being saved, right? That's the backup, but it's (laughs) in case that one gives, right? But so when Mashiach comes, God's going to sound that big shofar. That's the shofar that we're referring to over here. Sound that great shofar. It's based on the prophecies of Isaiah and Isaiah describes this. And by the way, I forgot to mention, all all of these blessings are variations, are are, are basically based off biblical verses, biblical prophecies of Isaiah and others, uh, about prophecies of the of, of messianic era. Mostly Isaiah? A, a big chunk of them are Isaiah. Yeah, it seems to be. I see in the bottom here on the footnote, Jeremiah as well. But the question is, What is it about a shofar that compels us to get together, that gathers us? What is it about this shofar that's going to be sound? I mean, one way to look at it is, and if you just read the biblical text, there's going to be a big shofar sound, and now that's our cue. Let's get together. doesn't sound like it, right? It sounds like the shofar itself is a connection that somehow is going to now some biblical commentators like to take the route that okay it's an analogy you know just like music is gathering you know okay fine <laughs> but there's something about the shofar itself that's unifying. The shofar represents what does the shofar represent? I mean it represents a lot of things, but it represents the cry of the soul, it represents the tshuva, it represents our desire to connect. When it, Sometimes our desire to connect is so deep, we can't articulate it. Does that ever happen? You really want to connect and you really feel good about your Judaism. There's no words. There's just no words to articulate it. That's the shofar. When we blow that shofar, what we're experiencing is unity. What we're experiencing is incredible deep soul connection. When God blows the shofar, you got to imagine what we're going to experience. What's that going to be like? When God blows that shofar, what's going to happen? When we blow the shofar, we've made an intentional choice. I'm deciding to show up to shul, hear the shofar, and feel part of this connection. When God blows the shofar, look at the text. We say, God, blow this big shofar for our freedom. Lift up a banner and gather all the dispersed, even the most dispersed people, even the people that seem so isolated and distant from their Judaism. When Mashiach comes, they hear that shofar, they're going to connect. They're going to feel good. We're going to be totally free individually from our Yetzirah. We'll talk about that soon. We're going to be totally free as a people because we're going to be one. It starts with the shofar, the call of the shofar, because that shofar is, is unifying. When it comes to a discussion, a lecture, a shior, we, we all connect to it differently, right? In my mind, I'm saying one thing, but there's five of us here. We're all hearing different things, right? We're all interpreting it differently. But when it comes to the cry of the soul, which is beyond words, that God is initiating, that's going to reach every single Jew. When Mashiach comes, every single Jew is going to be a part of this. Now, we're doing the groundwork now, right? We're trying to inspire as many Jews as we can even before that happens. Let's get ready, right? Let's anticipate, but it's going to happen. You know, it's an interesting thing. One of the reasons why we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Torah tells us to. But there's a lot of reasons or explanations, I should say, not reasons. There's explanations ascribed to us as to why we blow it. And one of the reasons is because we're trying to confuse the Satan. The Satan is Right Satan. When I say Satan, don't think of the red devil with the horns and the pitchfork. right? Standing at a podium. <laughs> Name, please. <laughs> Welcome to hell. <laughs> Satan is a... Is the biblical term for the heavenly prosecutor, opponent. right? Angelic opponent. The angelic opponent. right? It's a, it's a spiritual prosecutor, and he is over time, high holiday season. <laughs> he's busy because that's a prosecute. That's Judgment Day, right? So he's he's busy. He's trying to get all his papers in order, get all his proofs, get everything together, and then we blow that shofar, and he goes, "Oh God, is Mashiach here? Did I miss my chance?" Right? We blow the shofar to confuse him, derail him. Oh god, Mashiach's here. Now let me ask you a question. This Satan, is he an idiot? <laughs> he fell for it again. <laughs> we've been we've been doing this for three thousand years. Year after year. He's falling for this stick. It it sounds almost childish. It's sounds Shame on me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 3,000 times. <laughs> so here's another explanation. The Satan has so much faith in the Mashiach's coming. Even the Satan believes in Mashiach. Even the Satan understands that Mashiach's coming is imminent. He has so much faith. He gets it. There's a reason why he's prosecuting. He, it's so real to him. There's a reason why the Yitzhahara is trying to stop us. It's so real to the Yitzhahara. I right? like the story of the, the Hafez Chaim, Rabbi Israel Meir Kagan. The Hafez Chaim was um, in his old age, retired. And he shows up to shul very early, to Daven. And somebody says to him, you're retired, why don't you sleep in a little bit, go to the later minion, take it easy. You need the rest. He says, I'll be honest with you. My Yetzihara said the same thing to me. My evil inclination said the same thing to me this morning. Why don't you sleep in? You need the rest. And I said, Wait a minute. You showed up to your job on time. Why <laughs> oh, can't I show up? The Yetzihara and the Satan, which by the way, the Talmud says are the same dude, they get it. He believes in the Mashiach's coming. When he hears that show for at last, he's not cynical. That might, that might be Mashiach's coming, right? So this is real stuff. Third blessing. Second paragraph on page 49. Hashiva Shoftenu. Return our judges as in beginning, as, as days of old. Again, this is based off a, a biblical prophecy of Isaiah. When she comes, we're going to have our judges back. Our advisors as we once had. Restore justice right now the definition of justice is subjective it's subjective to time and 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 space right what justice means in the us what justice means in russia <laughs> what justice means in china are all different what justice means in canada man be careful no i'm <laughs> yeah. right exactly. be careful yeah <laughs> Justice is subjective, right? But as Jews, we do believe in an objective justice. What's that objective justice right Hashem and his values, the Torah. there's a right and there's a wrong that's that that's the that's the bottom line of Judaism, right? There's a right and there's a wrong and the right and wrong is not what I think is right and wrong. Somebody once said to me. So he says, so as a rabbi, would you believe that whatever we were discussing, I don't want to get into it, but he says, would you believe that this is wrong? I said, no, it's not about my beliefs. <laughs> what, is a, what is what I have to believe, what I believe have to do with anything here? We weren't talking about my beliefs. <laughs> we're talking about what the Torah says. We're talking about an objective, what God's right and wrong are. And we're asking God to restore this. Let's bring it back. When is it that we're gonna get this justice back fully? That's when Mashiach comes, right? If you look at Mashiach from a Kabbalistic, just look in Kabbalistic books, or look look at how the Tanya describes Mashiach, a time when God is gonna be fully present in this world. If you look at Mashiach as described in Halacha, not that different. A time where we're going to be able to fully observe the Torah mitzvahs to the fullest. Because God will be present. We'll be able to, the right and wrong will be very clear. There'll be a real clarity on right and wrong. How do we get that clarity? That's studying the Torah. and Specifically Jewish law. Because when we study law, when we study the laws of kosher, when we study the details, the detail, the nitty gritty details. David, you mentioned that you started the recent uh, daily Rambam study track, right? You're studying Jewish law. You're studying the details in the Jewish, uh, in the Torah's values of what's right, what's wrong, what's kosher, what's not kosher. In every detail. When we study those, we're getting clarity on this idea that there's a right and there's a wrong. That's, conne- that's a real connection with Emmet, with God, with truth. And you know what that does? That empowers our internal judge. Restore our judges, God. Which judge is that referring to? Right? The Talmud says that the Yetzer, the inclinations are referred to as judges. This empowers our judges. When we study law, the truth of the Torah, that empowers our judges. When Mashiach comes, our judges, internal judges, especially Yetzir Tov, will be fully empowered. So, When Mashiach comes, will there be a concept of time? Yes, yeah, excellent question. Will there be a concept of time when Mashiach comes? So th- that's the beauty of, of what Mashiach is all about, that it it's not about God coming to this world and negating the nature of, of existence, but it's God being comfortable in the nature of existence or the nature of existence being comfortable with God, and really both. So, So there will be time. There will be time. Right. Well, 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 God is gonna figure out how to be comfortable here without without messing. It's like when a distinguished guest, imagine like a celebrity, would come to your house, somebody you really looked up to, and you're starstruck by. But somehow he or she has the ability to like make you at ease, right? You're not losing yourself, but they're still here. It's like an interesting thing. When I think about time and, and ourselves as humans, I, I think of time as finite, and yet when Moshiach comes, time will be infinite. Right? All the all the dead will be resurrected, and we will be with Hashem. Right. So it's interesting. So there is this element of infinite to it. Uh. In Infinity to it, infancy. I was going to say of, infin- of, infinity to it because it's going to keep on going. But it's still finite in the sense that there will be a past, a present, and a future. In that sense, it's finite. It's it's finite, right? If you go to heaven, there is no past, present, or future. Also, space. Space as well. Somehow, space will have to accommodate. Will have to accommodate as well, and look, if, from a scientific perspective, uh, we're seeing. Many of the signs of Mashiach. We really are. Uh, people are living longer than they ever did. Starvation is at a all time low. I'm not saying that the world is perfect and the problem. Um, um all, all, all the big world issues. You know, we're we're are you gonna have to work when Mashiach comes right now? We're having AI do everything for us, right? All these things that the biblical prophecies, if you look at it, seems fantastical, seems to be unfolding in front of our eyes and it's it's wild if we open our eyes it's it, we're really close socially by the way this is a bit of a hot potato but socially how crazy the world is um how crazy people's values are are a sign of mashiach's coming people want to be comfortable with themselves perhaps in the wrong form, <laughs> in the wrong way. Perhaps it's being channeled in the wrong way. But the desire of acceptance, the desire of unity, desire of oneness, the desire of tolerance, of connection, maybe it's not being executed properly. And that's right off the air. We can discuss that that hot potato. But <laughs> but the point is people want the, 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 the signs of Mashiach are getting very close. What we are missing is that clarity that there's a, a right and there's a wrong, right? The judges need to come back. Not that people need to be judgmental, but what I mean is justice needs to come back. So it is an interesting interesting balance. It's going to be fun. See these blessings not just as a request for things, but literally as a meditation, as a mind shift in how we're going to approach existence. Okay, that's my story. I'm sticking to it.